The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lily. Some people say I'm too much, but she's just starting. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental, and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can take you down. Amanda Agosti. Some Amandas are tech spots, but this Amanda is as real as it gets. Ade Ade Dokun. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but actually I'm just smoking it. Paula Bretrude. If you think I'm a bitch, you're probably right, and you probably deserved it. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and I get it all. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back, and also by unsolicited opinion. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Hadil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Srinidhi Subramaniam. I have four degrees, eight syllables, and zero Fs to give. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shade. Brianna Tooney. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. And finally, Beth The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. just happened like three minutes ago and I could Mm -hmm. not wait to get out of there and come up here and record with you. So (laughs) I was coloring downstairs. We do this a lot, especially now that I'm trying to like cut out their screen time because they're becoming zombies. Mm -hmm. So me and the kids were coloring. Aiden was sitting funky on the bench and I'm always Mm -hmm. worried he's going to fall because his balance is shit. And I was like, can you please sit correctly for God's sake? And he goes, I'll do it because you said for God's sake. I was like, okay. And then he suddenly goes, Mama, is sex a bad word? <laughs> God, God, sex, God, sex is. What is God? Uh, is, sex, is sex a bad word? I said, "Where did you hear that word?" He goes, "My friend Logan told me, and he said that it's a bad word, sex." So it's, he said it like eight times as he was explaining this to me. He was like, "So what is it? Is it a bad word?" And I was like, "Where did Logan hear it?" And he goes, "Well, he said he saw it in a book, and in a book it said sex, and his parents said that it's a bad word. So is it a bad word? Is sex a bad word?" And I was like, "Well, uh," and I said, "It's inappropriate for you right now." Yeah. And maybe when you're older, I can explain it too. And then Noah, who's like two weeks short of turning five, then said, so right now I can say sex, but when I'm older, like maybe when I'm like 15, I can say sex. When can I say sex? Is it okay for me to say sex when I'm eight? How I was like, you need to stop saying that word. <laughs> Wait, but also, did he think that for God's sakes is God's sex? 
Right. So then okay. that's when I clarified. I said, Aiden, by the way, I said, for God's sake. I did not say sex. I said, for God's sake. That's very yeah. different. And then he was just kind of looking at me like, yeah, like, I know. I'm just asking you another question. So <laughs> that happened. Fahad's right now in the bathroom. He doesn't even know that I've had this conversation with them. And I was like, I ran upstairs. I was like, got to go record. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. yeah. <laughs> So that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Just now. It's about time. It's about time. I like was not prepared to have this conversation. And I feel like now I'm going to have to have this conversation with him. I don't know. I thought I was such a cool mom and I'm not because I'm <laughs> you, totally you quickly realize You quickly realize all the hangups you have when you have to deal with this conversation with your child. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Is it appropriate now? I mean, I knew at this age, but I found out not from my parents. So should I have the conversation or not? Is it is it too early? Is it too late? I don't think I ever had a proper conversation with anybody. I think I figured it all out, like using context clues. Right. Like nobody explained it to me. Yeah. But also, my child is terrible at context clues. Yeah, mine too. Like she, she has a hard time. She's very black and white. Yeah, uh, the gray area. It, it's like metaphors and all of that just goes over her head. So when she's reading a book or something like that, if it is a very metaphorical kind of passage it's hard for her to contextualize it and understand it It takes her a while so you have to do and give a lot of uh, examples for her to understand it and with Maya I've had to be real plain and simple and direct yeah it was uncomfortable but she seems to appreciate it and then she moves on it's like you give her the explanation and moves on and it's it's very scientific very Mm -hmm. clinical Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. she's fine with it. So I think that's what I'm going to have to explain it, how I'm going to have to explain to him because Aiden is also very literate. Like he's a very literal, literal. child. He's a lot yeah, like yeah. Maya. Yeah. He's when he reads nonfiction at school, yes. he thrives. But fiction yeah. can't yeah. like he just is not imaginative enough to like yeah. even read Harry Potter. He's like too bogged down with how nonsensical it sounds, right? Exactly. So, yeah. So Maya is so exactly like that. Yeah. I'm going to have to get like a kid's scientific book about sex yeah. to explain yeah. it to him because I yeah. don't know how else to. Yeah. Well, because somebody, I, has, they barely... somebody has done the work for us. Just go find one. Find a book. <laughs> somebody else has done the work. Don't, in this day and age, it's there. It's online. Go to Khan Ooh. Academy. There's probably something Khan on Khan Academy. Academy. <laughs> Does ABC Mouse have a sex section for kids? I'm sure there's one. For God's Uh. sake. (laughs) Okay, we have so much content to cover. By the way, great reviews of me just telling you what happened on episode. I I feel like even when you get back, that is just what we should do. What I'm trying to explain to you is that's what we did before. (laughs) (laughs) That was the case before. I was like, I barely went. (laughs) 
the other thing is because I watch things live and yes, you, you watch do. sometimes just before we record or yes, something. So correct. I have sometimes I've watched something like two days ago, three days mm-hmm. ago. So for me, it's oftentimes a memory rather than <laughs> like, oh, I just watched it now. It's a different thing, right? So I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember that happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. real head, we'll start with OC. There wasn't actually mm-hmm. a new episode. It doesn't matter to you, but there wasn't a new episode <laughs> of OC this week. So, we're covering last week's episode. And a majority of last week's episode revolved around shenanigans. Like, sh- like it was like a lot of intense, annoying stuff with Noella. And then mm-hmm. there was some like really sweet moments with like Heather as a mom with her kids. And then mm-hmm. there was like dark stuff going on between like Jen and her husband. But it was all under the umbrella of Shannon Bedore telling us that she's been micro dosing edibles. Awesome. I am so upset that I'm missing out. Watch- <laughs> I have to go watch it just to see yes. Shannon micro dosing. Yeah, so that's one thing I wrote in here like several times. Like, I wish Arthi could watch this because even when Shannon talks, I'm like, I think that she could be your best friend. I think I've said this before that Shannon's spiraling when she is upset, her weight gain, weight loss journey, and the fact that she's now microdosing, it's all, it's, it's, it's me. I keep saying I'm Shannon. <laughs> I can be that annoying. I can be that parent. I can be, you know, completely clueless. And I can talk with my hands. <laughs> chopping away. You are fun, Arthi, all the time, though. I am. I am fun, Arthi. But, you know, I have my dark moments as well. <laughs> And they're just as dark as Shannon's and don't make any sense. On the topic of parenting, I do think that if I sent Heather Dubrow a DM about the conversation I just had with my children, mm-hmm. she would give me really good advice because there's like two scenes that happen this episode with Heather and her kids. The Dubros go out to dinner and there's like a tension between her eldest daughter, Max, and the mm-hmm. middle child, Kat. And I think recently Kat came out as well right. as gay. And so there's like this tension between the two of them and the way she handles it, even at dinner, she kind of just like calms her daughter down and is like, look, I know that she's like a lot right now, but I also think you're being sensitive, but I just want you to know that this is a phase and you guys will get over it and you will be really close later, but like, don't take it so personally. She's always going to be your sister. Like just the way Heather navigates her children. A lot of people seem to think that she's being fake, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure Heather is a great mom. I am sure of that too, because there's one thing about the Dubrow kids. They all listen when the parents speak. The Dubrow kids shut up and listen. They don't roll their eyes. They don't do any of that. They actually sit and listen and have deep conversations with each other. And this has been true since they were kids. That's yes. not something that they are not do- they're doing it now for the camera because they're more aware of the cameras or whatever. But they've yeah. been like that since the beginning and I keep thinking about the other OC kids especially mm-hmm. now that we know Tammy Nickabacher's daughter was arrested again and all of the, those kids always came off spoiled on yes. camera yep. and these kids are about the same age as that they, they were then and they these kids don't come off as spoiled even though they're super rich super privileged they seem to have some deeper conversations that ground them and yeah. she is trying very hard to keep them everything she does you you keep seeing her mention this is for the kids i'm buying the house yeah. so they can have a yep. place to go yep. together so she's always trying to keep them together so i think that's something that maybe her upbringing or something in her culture or something of that sort that she has them very grounded when it comes to family yeah and i think there's something to say about like when you're that wealthy and you decide to have that many children 
which is mm-hmm. a, it's a lot. It's a big family. Yeah, I think that you make an effort to make sure your children have a relationship with each other. Yeah. And there's another scene later where Kat is talking to Heather. Apparently, Kat's been getting like homophobic comments on mm-hmm. TikTok, yeah. and she has this like big pride flag in yeah. her background. And somebody commented on it, and Kat was like, "Maybe I'm gonna take it down and put like something smaller in the back so that people don't like automatically look at that." And Heather's like, "What do you care what one person says? They can go fuck yeah. themselves, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And if you want to put a giant flag in the background, you should, and you shouldn't care so much about." what other people say and it was like really amazing for somebody who is as like type a as heather who is obviously very conscious of what people think and what people say about her family mm-hmm. for her mm-hmm. to be teaching her kids you know what you don't have to care what people say because you're go- you're great the way you are and in confessional yeah. she says like my kids are better than me my kids yeah. are always going to be better than me and i just i just think heather's a great mom i also yeah. i mean i'm biased i love heather so, yeah. so I do think she's a great mom. I think Terry's a good dad too. I think it's the way Heather talks about that in confessional seems fake. She puts on these airs. She knows she's yes. right. She knows yes. she's a good mom. So she puts all these airs around it where she's like, this is how you should do it. I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I'm a better everything, right? So mm-hmm. well, I can teach you how to parent is how she comes across. And I'll take you it. You know what? Teach me, Heather. You know what? A lot of the country needs that kind of guidance. <laughs> yeah, can be all of our so, moms. Yeah. Maybe Heather could be Putin's mom. Did you see that video going <gasps> on? Oh my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be awesome. You need to make that now. Now you, you have to get off this call and make that. You have to get all of Heather's <laughs> parenting videos together and say, Dear Mr. Put- Dear President Putin. If Heather Dubray was your mom, <laughs> you could be eating sushi at Nobu instead of bombing another country, you piece of shit. Anyway. <laughs> so then there's a scene with Noella and Emily. They're going to get their nails done. And no- and Emily is basically giving Noella another chance to like tone her crazy down. Mm-hmm. And Emily is certifying herself this season as the bone collector, potster. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get in a room with a messy bitch, collect information about her, and then take it to the next party and fuck her up. And I'm like, you know what, Emily? Good for you. Keep at it. Yeah. Keep at it. New hip, new face. Go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. New, 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 uh, like, agenda, basically. New lawyer lawyer in the family. Just go. Yeah, just go do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She probably is like, now that Shane passed the bar, I can focus on being a better housewife on a television show rather than being a better lawyer at home. (laughs) So Emily does, like, a nice job of explaining to Noella, like, hey, like, maybe you need to, like, tone it down. And you also need to, like, start asking the other women what's going on with them from time to time. Because Noella says she realizes that she's bringing too much crazy Mm -hmm. and she really wants to be part of the group she keeps saying like i really want to be part of the group which is basically her way of saying like i know that i'm doing too much on the show and i'm trying to stay on the show and emily is in a coded way trying to tell her like how to be more relatable yeah noella at the manicurist is saying like yeah that's great like she seems to be receptive but then confessional she says what I'm going through is triggering these women and it's triggering something in them. And that says something about more about them than it does about me. Yeah. Like she really thinks that the women don't want to hear about her divorce because they want to live in the delusion that their marriages are good. I'm like, no, Noelle, no, no. Noella is very immature. Yes. And she's the 
30 something that Shannon Bedo should be mad at, yes. right? Because yes. when Shannon got mad at Megan for saying, hey, you miss 30 year old, what do you know about life? Yeah. This is the 30, 30 something that Shannon should be completely disgusted with. But Shannon has nobody else right now until they go from microdosing to macrodosing. She and Heather are not <laughs> going to be super friendly. So Shannon is tolerating Noella, but Noella is so annoying. You know, I keep wor- thinking about the Noella is like such a brandy Glenville. Yes. And so I'm like, okay, what? Is she a good thing for the show and should be in the show? Or are we getting so tired of her that we don't want her in the show? But I feel I keep thinking that maybe we need her just to keep the drama going. I think she's great for the show. I think Mm -hmm. OC always needs OC Beverly Hills. They always need that one sort of mess of a person. Mm -hmm. Especially because Beverly Hills and OC are both franchises that really like pride themselves on being like fancy women of a certain type, but like are also like hot messes. So they love Mm -hmm. to have like an actual hot mess come into the mix and then like look down on them. Like all the years that Vicky and Tamara looked, looked down on Gretchen. Meanwhile, they're like fucking disastrous. Yeah. Humans as they're right. Like I think Noella is definitely a necessity in a franchise like OC. Right. So Gretchen was a mess, but Gretchen was a smart mess. She knew what she was doing. I don't think Noella is that kind of a mess. I I think Noella is like a true, just, just mess. (laughs) I think Noella is doing a bit of both. I think she's coming in with like a, an, like a, a perspective that she thinks is going to do well on camera. I mean, she's clearly producing, right? Like that's, that's for sure. Now Shannon has a a lunch. She invites these girls over. She's a mess. Okay. She's Mm -hmm. forgotten to order the apps. She says she's not good at doing lunches because she needs the whole day to prepare. And that's why she's better at dinners. She's still cooking. And as Gina comes into the house, Shannon is Mm -hmm. dressed. Mm Mm-hmm. But ironing the shirt that she's wearing on herself, <laughs> which I I wrote immediately. I'm trying to remember if I have done that. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down my very next note is: Isn't this exactly what Arthi described? She does as a host. Like a yeah. couple months ago, we talked about like you hosting, yeah. and you were like, "If you come over, expect that I will not come downstairs because I will just be getting dressed." <laughs> right, because I cook. I I'm a really good cook. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot out of me. Yeah. Hosting and taking cooking and making sure the house looks good and all of that takes a lot out of me. And I typically get zero help from my David because yeah. my David is sitting in the corner eating his chips and I get annoyed because he antisocial. Mm-hmm. He's an he's an extreme introvert, so he, he gets anxiety when somebody's coming over. <laughs> so the way he he deals with it is to shut down and not be helpful at all. Yeah. By the time it's party time, I am stinking of onions and garlic and masalas and <laughs> I'm sweating. I My mood is terrible. So I need like a half hour to go take a shower and regroup and become myself before I come down. So please don't come early to my party. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> and Ten that's four. exactly and this is with microdosing, so I mean, yeah. Then on the way to Shannon's lunch, Jen and Heather are riding in a car together, Doctor Jen and Heather. And Doctor Jen tells Heather that Ryan packed his bags and left the night before. Like he, so he took his toothbrush. What is what bag does he pack? He doesn't what wear clothes. Does he, pack? he has no clothes. <laughs> His bag is like a bag for his dog. Yeah. The, so he put the dog in the little doggy bag <laughs> to carry, carry around so he can wear 
for crossbody, a toothbrush, toothbrush and a bag for the dog. Yeah. And probably like treats for the dog. No shirt. Mm-hmm. Never no a shirt. shirt. I'm imagining him like on his skateboard, skating around. <laughs> like dog in hand. He's just going Newport Beach. He's just dog in hand. He's like, I am out of here. <laughs> But then, yeah, but she says that he came back the next morning at 11 a.m., but she just overall feels humiliated. She's just been crying. It's been really tough. She says she wants a divorce. And Heather's like, hey, like, you can't just jump to divorce the first time you and your husband fight on camera, basically. <laughs> and Jen is like, I don't want to talk about it. But you just did. But you yes. just did. So she's, she says, I don't want to talk about it with the other women. I'm too stressed out. And so Heather's like, don't worry. I got you. I will divert the conversation to something else. I'm very good at that. As they're pulling into the house, they show Shannon talking to Emily, Gina, and Noella. Yeah. And I wrote down exactly word for word what Shannon is telling these other women. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. I love her so much. But again, another thing that I feel like you would say. She said, <laughs> she said, I've eaten cleaner than I ever had before. If you push my stomach in, it's just air. But I have zero estrogen. <laughs> zero estrogen oh my god i have my cooling pillow i have a cooling pillow here i brought it with me i got my cooling towel with me i have a fan running and there's an ac and i'm still sweating <laughs> bullets here yeah it's so i have funny. zero estrogen everything you press it's just air inside <laughs> it's called gas. It, you know it's called gas but it's still <laughs> i have zero estrogen as well Shannon. Oh my God. <laughs> Shannon and I could be uh, menopausal sisters. We could have a talk show about menopause. <laughs> Sister puzzle. Sister puzzle. <laughs> Heather arrives and she gives Shannon a bowl full of edibles. And that's where we find out that Heather and Shannon love to microdose together. <laughs> Jen, after telling Heather that she doesn't want to talk about it, immediately starts to cry around the other women. And then Heather tries to do this deflection thing where she's like, Oh, you're upset because your kids had their first day of school, right? And they're doing, mm-hmm. and she's, and Dr. Jen is like, yes, that's right. Lunch and recess is their favorite subject. And also, Ryan left last night. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, like, immediately, she so immediately, has, like, starts talking so, about it. So, Dr. Jen is trying to be the divorcee mess. And so yes. is Noella. But yes. Noella got there. Noella got there before her, and she's messier than Dr. Jen. Dr. Jen is not a fun mess. Noella is a fun mess. Like we can make fun of Noella being a mess, and we can laugh at what Noella says. But Dr. Jen is like very depressing mess. Yeah, it's depressing mess. <laughs> so Jen is also talking to the women about like all kinds of therapy that they've been doing. They've seen this like. All the they've done all the things they've gone to counseling all that and we find out that Doctor Jen saw Tina the same therapist who made Shannon and David stage a funeral. <gasps> Here lies Doctor Jen. Doctor Jen. But I I feel like in that case it would be here lies uh, Ryan shirtless Ryan <laughs> for sure for right? sure. Yes, here lies uh, the skateboard on which you rode out of our house with your dog (laughs) and no shirt. (laughs) Yeah, this is like one thing where I feel like the OC women 
like this group especially will really come together for each other. Um, yeah. Emily's sharing tips on how to work through her marriage because obviously when Emily first started on the show, it was very evident yeah. that she and Shane were in like a horrible place. Yeah, And so everybody's sort of giving their marriage advice. Gina's giving it. Shannon is giving it. Shannon's even giving it from the perspective of like, I tried and I put in the work. And if you can both decide to put in the work, then it can work. And she's being yeah. very honest about it. Everybody's giving great advice. Yeah. And then Noella chimes in. And Noella <laughs> says, do you have a prenup? Because I was just served paper six weeks ago and I was blindsided. And everybody rolls their eyes like, okay, like we one, we know you've mentioned yeah. that you were served papers every waking moment that you've been around us. Yeah. Right. And everyone's like, this is not helpful. Like you, yeah. we're trying to get her off the divorce horse. Yeah. And you're thinking about like, get on the horse, ride it to the sunset and make sure you have the paperwork to protect yourself. Yeah. But also, no, she's not doing that. She's doing bringing it back to her storyline. Yes. She's like, let me tell you, it's not about trying to be helpful to Jen. It's about, hey, but I also have the same storyline. Let me tell you what's happening with me. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they're like, that's not helpful. And she literally says, well, that just happened to me six weeks ago. Jen, again, diverts it back to herself. And she's like, look, everybody thinks that my husband's like a totally cool, chill guy. And it's false advertisement because he's super dramatic. And nobody understands. And everybody thinks that I'm the bad guy here. And then again, Noella brings it back to herself and she starts talking about how when she first met them, she was holding back a lot because there was like a lot of tension in her marriage and there was so much going on with her and James and she didn't want to talk to anybody about it. And it was like a big stress on the marriage. Yeah. And Emily immediately is like, how is there a stress on your marriage if you're saying that you were blindsided? And how do you still have stress on your marriage if he just filed for divorce and you didn't know about yeah. it? Like, yeah. And Noella yeah. is like... Can I finish what I'm saying? What is going on with you, Emily? And Emily's like, I'm sorry, but I'm not allowed to ask questions. Because also when they're at the manicurist, Emily's asking a lot of legal questions. Mm -hmm. And it seems like Noella doesn't quite know the answers. Right. And Emily's like, so I want to just like ask you questions. And Noella's mm -hmm. like, apparently I'm not allowed to talk about my divorce. To which mm -hmm. Emily shouts, that's all you talk about. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then they all get up and they walk away. And like Emily, Heather, and Jen, and Shannon are just like in a different room. They just walk away from Noella because Noella yeah. is just like unreasonably annoying at this time. Yeah. And what Emily says is, Noella will talk your ear off about what's going on. But yeah. if you start to ask her follow-up questions, she gets very defensive because it, there's yeah. inconsistencies in Noella's yeah. story. And yeah. like it's bizarre because she's so forthcoming about some things, but then when you ask her more questions, she gets really defensive and she like monopolizes the conversation. And I was like, oh, how many times have I been around somebody like that? Oh, I, I know. And then they get upset that they are not getting the attention and the sympathy and the empathy from the rest of the group while another person going through the same thing in their minds is getting all of it. But it's because you are inconsistent. You have either gone through this multiple times and now you want to go through it again with us. So you've gone through this before with this person and now you went back, you got mad that we uh, shit talked about your man. And then now you're going back to the same situation. Now you are being treated the same way and now you come back with it. It's been going on forever. Or you don't know what you're talking about. You're just too happy to talk about, play the victim, but you're not really giving us real information. You're not telling us how you feel. You're just crying. You're just yeah. crying and complaining, but we don't get the sense that you really mean it. 
So it's being yeah. genuine versus not. So yeah, people can sense it and you cannot explain it, but you can sense it when somebody is being completely fake and dramatic yeah. and not really real. At the same time, Gina and Noelle are sitting at the table and Noelle tells Gina, Jen is free now. And Gina's like, no, she's not free. It sucks what she's going through. And Noella says, see that pain Jen is in? It was really lovely to see. Gina's looking at her like, what the fuck are you saying? At the same time, Emily says, Noella can only connect with women when they're going through something traumatic. She's incapable of having a normal relationship with someone. She wants to be around people who are going through unrest, which also explains why she was like such good friends with Bronwyn, right? Like, right, right. Those kind of people love to be around drama. They love to be dramatic. They love to like surround themselves in mess. Like, you know, she's the kind of person that like talks about a stack of vaginas. And then when other people talk about her talking about stacks of vaginas, she's like, how dare you talk about me? It's draining. These such people just listening to you talk about it is draining me right now. It's like it sucks out all the energy from the group and from other people. They just, yeah, they're just drain sucking energy sucking monsters. Yes. So then Shannon politely tells them to like maybe cool it and then they Mm -hmm. all do a little bit of micro dosing and the rest of that luncheon is just like slow motion of Shannon talking just like a little bit high shenanigans. Oh, miss that. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, it's cute. The rest of the episode, there's two conversations that suddenly start to come up. One is we find out that Gina has a skincare line. Yeah. And obviously we know that Gina is very close to Heather now. And Gina mm. brings up that she thinks that Shannon is irritated about the fact that she and Heather are getting so close. And she also thinks that Shannon feels some type of way about the fact that Gina has her own skincare line. So Emily, mm-hmm. <laughs> at a dinner with Jen and Shannon, mm-hmm. asked Shannon point blank, are you jealous of your relationship with Heather? or jealous of Gina's skincare line. Mm-hmm. And Shannon does like a classic, like she, you know when she sounds like a DJ, when she's yeah. like flabbergasted, she's like, oh, what, 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 Gina versus Shannon versus Heather, but yeah. also versus Noella. I'm not sure. Yeah. And plus, you know, Heather has her own skincare too. So, I mean, yeah. The skincare uh, business is getting very crowded. I think everybody Gina has skincare. In, I think Gina should have gone into the candle business. This is just too crowded right now. I know. I know. There are no candles in OC, are there? She should have had a candle business in OC. She should because her house is always full of fully lit candles. With a million children running around the house. Yeah, she should have like gather candles. Yeah. Candles with gather together love, you know, in that font. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm familiar. (laughs) You know, in that font. Okay. Heading over to Jersey, we open back up on this fight between Dolores and Jackie. Mm -hmm. I feel like you and I have not talked about Jersey directly at all. Maybe we talked about the premiere and that was it. Yeah, but I, it didn't go anywhere, right? They left the party after that. So they yes. didn't fight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So where yeah. we've left since then is that, like, they keep inviting Jennifer to things, and then they keep getting mad when Jennifer gets emotional and, like, can't handle being around the women. 
Can you imagine Noella in Jersey? They would not. Oh they God. would kill her. Because Jersey women don't want to deal with emotions. Dolores would snap her in half and throw her into the ocean. <laughs> Jersey women, there's only two emotions they deal with. It's one being horny, the other being angry. <laughs> they'll, talk, they'll talk about those emotions, but any other emotion, they don't want to really deal with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorrow and sadness is a private emotion. Don't bring it out in my yeah. public space. Yeah, yeah, you don't talk about that in public. Yeah. The fight that we open back up on is Dolores and Jackie because Dolores calls Jackie this. Don't listen to this. Uh. And Jackie's like, don't call me this. And then Frank mm. has to come in and help Dolores. And Frank tells us, I've known Dolores since ni- she's 19. Dolores grew up on the streets of Patterson. She's a street fighter. Like, shut mm-hmm. up, Frank. But she was also a cop, wasn't she? Yeah, that's the other thing I wrote down. I was yeah. like, okay, so this like person who has intense rage and cannot control her actions right. was a cop? Yeah, but now, <laughs> right? But also now I'm thinking how brave of Frank to go and cheat on her. Yeah, like, that's he true. Like, he didn't care for his life then. Oh, my God. Yeah. She could have killed him. So things calm down then with Jackie and Dolores after everybody's separated. And Dolores goes to Jen and she says, look, if you want me to be there for you, just tell me directly. Don't tell Jackie. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to loop Jackie into this. Yeah. And Jen is like, it, I didn't think it was a big deal for me to be talking to Jackie about this. Mm-hmm. And Jackie is on the side and she says, look, I'm not trying to like undermine your friendship with mm-hmm. Jennifer. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that Jen should know who she should rely on because you're not somebody who's comfortable with emotions. Yeah. Right. Dolores is just like annoyed with Jackie at this point. Yeah. Then Marge and Jennifer stand aside and they start to have a conversation about what happened and why Marge decided to say this stuff about mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And... Jennifer admits basically what we've all been saying, which is like clearly Margaret triggers her as a mistress. Just the fact that Margaret would be so open and forthcoming about the fact that she had an affair with a married man and she was a married woman and all this stuff really triggers Jennifer and she's very uncomfortable about it. So remember when Marge first came on the scene and Marge and Jennifer came on the scene, Marge did two things. One, she, I wouldn't say bragged, but she openly talked about the affair and how she met Joe and how she cheated on her husband. And the second thing Marge did was to make fun of Jennifer's arranged marriage. Yes. And the fact that in her culture, her brother was getting arranged marriage Mm -hmm. and how is this even possible and blah, blah, blah. How can that be a good marriage when Jennifer had just gone through, obviously, this cheating thing had happened and Jennifer was already in that space. And now Marge is putting down how she met her husband and how she got married to him and what kind of a marriage that could be. Yep. While saying that she was she cheated on her own husband. Those two combined, I can see how that would trigger Jennifer. 100%. And that's what we have been saying forever. Yeah. It's, it's so funny that they are just coming to that realization. Well, this is why they're dodo birds. And that's why yeah. this is excellent reality television. Jennifer <laughs> tells Marge, like, look, you ambushed me. But Marge is like, I didn't ambush you. You already knew about it. And you've yeah. been really coming at me hard because you have a double standard with how you treat me versus how you treat your husband. And Jennifer right. is like, right, but I did this to protect my family and my community. And you don't understand where I come from. They're going to blame me. 
They're going to look down on me. They're not going to understand what happened. They're going to say, oh, well, you probably didn't sleep with him enough. And that's why he went off and slept with somebody else. Like Jennifer's saying, like, you're going to now stress me out with how I'm going to have to protect my husband when it comes to our community and our kids. And while I don't agree with that, I understand it, right? Because we know that's the culture that we come from. If anything, even when people get amicably divorced, there's no bad blood. They immediately yeah. say the woman must have done something to deserve it. Right. She must not right. have worked hard enough. To they either feel they either think she did something wrong, or that the other aspect is they will approach her with a, um, a tremendous amount of pity. Yes, they will not let her speak her truth. It, it, whatever you say, you can say you're happy being divorced. You are happy with your ex. Whatever you have a good relationship, they will not believe you, and they will treat you with a lot of pity. Yeah, and Jennifer's like. I'm going to be the one that has to pay this price. Mm. And Marge, like, it's weird because she doesn't understand or have, like, any sympathy for Jennifer. Mm -hmm. And she says in a confessional that Jennifer is brainwashed to believe that it's always a woman's fault, that it's either the mistress's fault or it's the wife's fault, but it's never the man's fault. And something about the way Margaret says it is so condescending. Right. And it, it, like, it continues down this thread of Margaret looking down on the way that Jennifer's marriage was set up, about Jennifer's culture, about the way marriage is even looked at in that community. And it's very confusing because Marge is like, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want you leaving parties crying. My purpose wasn't to like hurt you. But I'm like, then why why did you bring it up? But even in this moment, Marge is saying it's Jennifer's fault for reacting the way she's reacting. Yes. Not Bill's fault. Like yes. Jennifer is the one that's brainwashed and Jennifer should do better and yes. Jennifer should not should kick Bill out or Jennifer should put the blame fully on Bill. Yeah. And, but what she's not get, taking into consideration is that Jennifer knows all of that, but she has to protect her kids from yeah. a lot of things that could happen in the community that would be detrimental to them. Yeah. And Jennifer's like, I just don't want him to feel hurt. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt my husband. And then Marge is like, you're not hurting him. You're the one that's hurt. And I'm like, right. She is the one that's hurt because you brought it up on camera. Like, this is what I don't get. Like, Margaret, why did you bring it up on camera if you know all these things to be true? Why did you bring it? Either you're trying to hurt Jennifer, which you should own, that you were trying to be a bitch and you were Mm -hmm. wanted her business out on the street. You wanted to humiliate her. That's what you wanted to do. You wanted her to leave parties crying. You wanted to make her feel like shit. So, like, own that that is what you did. Either you wanted to do that Or now you're saying, no, I didn't want to hurt you. I just wanted to explain to you that your husband hurt you. So then what's your vendetta against Bill? What did Bill ever do to you? It's like years later and Bill and Jen might have resolved whatever was going on. And now you are inserting yourself into that relationship and trying to bring up stuff that they don't want to talk about. Margaret keeps saying like Jen lies that her life is perfect. No, in Jen's mind... Her life Mm -hmm. is perfect. She does have a good life and she does have a good marriage. And in Jennifer's mind, whether I agree with it or not, in Jennifer's mind, the way that she's raised, whatever her culture is, and I don't want to call it brainwashed. It's just Mm -hmm. what her beliefs are. Her marriage is perfect because they went through something really difficult and she still made it work. And that to her is perfect. Whereas in Margaret's mind, if you are stepping out on your marriage, you shouldn't be with that person anyway. Right. And and that's the difference of like their views on what marriage really should be. 
Yeah, but also I think Marge is bringing this other view where she has a certain view about that community and yes. they might be te- uh, treating women. Yes. And she has this misconception of women not being powerful enough yeah. in the community. And now she's trying to be woke for Jennifer. It's this weird white savior Which, shirt. Know, yeah, white savior shirt is what it is. It's exactly. Let me tell you how, as a woman, you should behave because yes. you have you have been brainwashed. It's white Which feminism. Literally, yeah, yeah, and it's literally dismissing Jennifer as a person with her own belief system. Exactly. Yes. Like she's called Jennifer's sister-in-law a mail-order bride. She's mm-hmm. looked down on arranged marriages. She's looked down on the fact that like Jennifer said she didn't have sex with her husband before she got married. She's right. looked down on she's now calling Jennifer brainwashed. Okay? Yeah. Like last year she called Jennifer a concubine and said you're only yeah. staying with your husband because he pays for your whole family. Yeah. Marge has said things that are not kind not just to Jennifer but to a culture, an entire culture. Yeah. And that's always my right. issue with that because Jennifer also says really fucked up shit to Margaret. Yeah. All the yeah. time. She says fucked up shit to everybody. And yeah. she's toxic in that way, but when Jennifer attacks a person, it's like a, a minority thing, right? Like yeah. when Jennifer is attacking Margaret, it's only an attack on Margaret and her storyline or her truth or whatever she's decided to bring up. When Margaret talks about Jennifer, it's always about her culture, her community, where she comes from, her belief system. And there's something very different about that kind of an attack. And I think it's also something that like white women on TV don't have to worry about because they get to just be themselves. Whereas Jennifer is coming in as a Turkish woman, Middle Eastern, has a very different belief system, and she will always be labeled as representing all the people that she belongs to. Right, right. And that's the part I always like struggle with there because it makes me sound like a Jennifer apologist. Yes. You and I are not. I think Jennifer has her own issues and problems and all that. But I think what the way Mark goes about it is a lot more than just Jennifer. Yes. Yes. It feels like uh, underlying microaggression when it comes to, you know, explaining our culture to us. Yes, exactly. The Catanias go to lunch. Okay. They have a family meeting to talk about how Frank is going to move back into the house after the house is finished being renovated, God knows when. And Gabby, who calls her father Frank, Mm -hmm. says no hoes in this house. (laughs) And Frank says, so wait, like what, I can't have girlfriends come over? Your girlfriends come over, Frankie. Your boyfriend comes over, Gabby. You don't have sex in this house? (gasps) And Dolores is like, what the hell? We don't talk that way. We don't talk that way to our kids. And Gabby's like, well, nothing I do is so loud that I can hear it three stories down. To which ew, Frank... Ew, no, ew. oh, Arthie gets worse. It gets worse. To which Frank says, well, maybe your boyfriend don't satisfy you the way I satisfy my girlfriend. Ew. People Dolores. love Frank and Tanya. And I'm like, I don't know why we keep bringing this man shit. on TV. Such a piece of shit. Well, why would you talk to your daughter like that why would you talk to your daughter like that like okay this is not going to make gabby more comfortable about living in a house with her father who he has she has not lived with ever ever yeah ew and why is dolores letting him come in well she gets mad she slaps him with the menu and then he calms down and he's like no no i'm getting old and i just want to have like a homestead and i can't just be like rolling around from house to house and i need to like be around my family 
And that's why Frank says he wants to move in, even if it's temporary, into the house with Dolores and the kids. But if it's temporary, it's not your homestead. I mean, for tax purposes, I'm assuming, but... I'm assuming that that is also some level of it. Like, that word is like a legal word. (laughs) It's either a legal word or you own a farm in the Midwest. (laughs) So it's one or the other. (laughs) So in Jersey, it's a legal word. So why, if you're moving in temporarily, it's not your homestead. So basically, you're trying to do some tax evasion by saying this is your primary residence, and it's not. Yes, yes. On TV, TV, but on TV. Now I understand why Frank is such a bad lawyer. This is stupid. (laughs) Then they all go down to the shore, and something happens between Dolores and Jackie and Jennifer that I think is like chef's kiss, like perfectly. I've seen this kind of stuff happen in real life. Mm -hmm. So Dolores is mad that Jackie even put it in Jennifer's head that Dolores is not a good friend of Jennifer, right? Yeah. So Dolores is like super pissed and she's complaining to Frank and she's like, you want to know what Jackie said about Jennifer when that shit came out at the party? She used vulgar words to talk about Bill. So they cut to the clip and what happens in the clip is somebody Mm -hmm. says, I feel bad for Bill. And Jackie says, I feel bad for Jennifer. Mm -hmm. I don't feel bad for Bill because what did he do? He put his dick in someone else, right? That's what Jackie Mm -hmm. says. Yeah. Dolores takes those words and says, that is so disrespectful to talk about somebody's husband that way. Wow. She takes this information to Jennifer. Mm. Dolores paints it to Jennifer as Jackie saying, I don't care what's happening to them. He shouldn't have stuck his dick in someone else. That's how she repeats it to Jennifer. Jennifer gets super mad and is like, that is the most vile thing I have ever heard. And Dolores is immediately like, don't think that Jackie is your friend because she's not your friend. So Dolores is mad about Jackie sticking up for Jennifer for saying, hey, Dolores is not going to let you cry. So then Dolores says, oh, you want to play these games with me, Jackie? I'm going to tell Jennifer that you said something about Bill that was so vile. When actually when they show the clip, Jackie's being very nice about Jennifer. She's being genuinely sympathetic. But the way she repeats it to Jennifer, it sounds like Jackie was being dismissive. See, Jackie's a nerd. Jackie understands words. And yes. she uses them correctly. Correct. So this is the whole analogy thing again. Yes. Right? So it's yes. like Jackie says it in the right context with the right sequence of words to mean it a certain way. But if you mix up the words and you put the put the words around and you say it a different way, which is how Dolores hears it or yes. tends to hear it, then it can mean completely the opposite of it. Jackie needs to dumb down when she's talking to these guys and just say very, very clearly, plainly what she's saying. And no run-on sen- sentences, Jackie. They don't get that. No. You <laughs> just speak in like... Keep it short. Like max four to five word sentences. Yes. Jackie's too smart for this show. <laughs> yes, but it's so funny because you watch it happen. You watch yeah. it happen on on tv and you're like this is not what happened but it's like amazing because you know that you've like i've experienced that in real life yeah, where right words have just gotten twisted like i've yeah. made a joke this happens to me yeah. a lot actually i'll make a joke <laughs> and then somebody will take my joke and repeat it and they'll be like she was being such a bitch and i'm like i was but i was being sarcastic and like they, there's no you know it's always repeated with like the wrong infliction on the wrong word right. and suddenly right. it's like an insult So that happens. And 
Another thing that's happening is they're all waiting for Teresa and Louis to come down to the shore. Mm. And Teresa comes first and she says, Louis is busy, so he's going to come separately. And while they're all waiting for Teresa and Louis to get there, they keep talking about more Louis rumors that are coming out. That there's always is, something is, new coming is out. Teresa there? No, Teresa's not there yet. Yeah. But they're yeah. all talking about all these new rumors that come out about Louis. And it's important yeah. to note that Margaret and little Joe Benigno yeah. are always the ones in the group to bring up what's going on with Louis. They're like, did you see what's going on with Louis? What are we going to do about Louis? I like Louis. He seems like a nice guy, but who's saying this stuff about Louis, see, right? This is, again, the savior complex that Margaret has. She's like, she has to protect Teresa from Louis. Like, she knows best about picking men. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Then they're all getting ready for a barbecue at Jen's house because Jen has a shore house and that's where Teresa and Teresa and Louis are staying. And Louis has not arrived down at the shore yet, but Louis calls her and we hear him on the phone and he says, I just want to get out of here. And then Teresa says, why? By the way, I'm miked. And then he tells her to turn off the mic. So she does. At the same time, Melissa gets a text from Teresa says, don't say a word about Louis. Don't talk about Louis on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Then we see a producer go up to Teresa and say, hey, what's going on about Louis? He came to the parking lot all upset. Did he talk to you about what's going on? And Teresa turns into like, I'm from Patterson. Did you forget, Teresa? Like, you know how your her voice yeah. changes? Yeah. So they're and like. She goes blink, 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 blink. And she's like, the hair starts standing on the back of her neck. You can feel yeah. it. Yeah. Like you, you see can... her hairline like descending. Like descending. it just starts yes. to get like lower and lower. <laughs> and like. So the producer's like, hey, did did he talk to you about what's going on? And Teresa goes, now, which is like what she says, now, it means like she's mad, like she's yeah. not going to talk to you. Yeah. And then the producer's like, it sounds like Louis doesn't want anybody to talk about him. That's what's going yeah. on. And Teresa's like, I told him not to come around if he's not comfortable. And the producer's yeah. like, well, the story's already out here. There's already yeah. things going on. Like, so they, th this whole conversation happens with the producers? They just break the fourth wall? and just... Yeah. Oh, the fourth wall oh is down. God. Fourth oh, wall wow. is down. Producer is in the shot, fully talking to, that, to her. And producer's like, look, like it's already out here. So he's going to come. We're just, we should talk about it if it's already out there. And Teresa's like, fuck this. I'm not doing it. She turns off her mic. She gives it to them. She gets into her car and she leaves. Oh, wow. And so Melissa, so how did they show Melissa's text? She, oh, she Melissa, shared it? So, oh, so I should explain. Dolores and Frank are staying at their own house. Everybody else is at Melissa's house. And Jennifer and Teresa and Louie are supposed to be staying at Jennifer's house. Yeah. So Teresa is texting Melissa after she gets off the phone with Louie to say, don't talk about Louie anymore. And then Melissa shares it on camera. She, she of course, should. immediately. Okay. Okay. She immediately gets to text and says, oh, always something going on with these two. Always drama. Look, Teresa's telling me not to talk about Louie. Like immediately she says it on camera. Oh, my God. So that's what's going on in Jersey. It's great. <laughs> this is great. This is excellent. Excellent. excellent multiple storylines yeah you have multiple like different stuff happening it's really good like they're really setting it up to be like marge versus Teresa, marge versus jennifer then there's like a low-key like jackie like De versus dolores 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 is friends with jennifer now but yeah. like also dolores versus jennifer a little bit like it's mm -hmm. very good it's, there's like yeah. a little bit of tension. And guess who, who has no storyline? Melissa. Of course. Melissa has the only storyline she has is that she has Kiki and Tiki. Yes. Um. So Miami ended. I was hoping that you would be able to get Peacock in India, but. I don't. 
Nope. There's no peacock. It says it's coming to this country. But it hasn't, it's not yet. <laughs> well, they have actual peacocks in Carolina. Yeah, this country that has a ton that has tons of peacock. I think peacock may be the the official bird. Of yeah, India. probably. And there's no peacock network. Yes. Well, yeah. there we go. But Miami ended. We got two episodes. And the twists and turns in Miami, oh my God. What's happening? You're going to be shocked by the end of what I tell you happened oh on these two episodes. You like Marisol. You're saying that you like Marisol. <laughs> never. Never. Okay. Never, ever. Okay. <laughs> so Marisol's in charge of Alexia's bachelorette party. So the big thing that happens on these uh, the last two episodes is they're gearing up for Alexia's wedding. So it's Marisol, Kiki, Adriana, a couple of people are responsible for Alexia's bachelorette party, and it's going to be at the Versace mansion. There's other stuff that's going on, which is like Nicole versus Marisol still coming mm-hmm. over from the Hamptons. Everybody keeps asking Nicole, like, what are you going to do about Marisol? What are you going to do about Marisol? And Nicole is like, I don't want to be friends with her. She's not a nice person. I try to talk to her. I have no interest in being her friend. And everyone keeps telling Nicole, like, hey, maybe you should try. And Nicole is like, no, it's a bad idea. And even Marisol is like, I have no interest in this. So that's happening. There's this, like, one weird lunch between Julia and Adriana. It's very, like, it starts raining on them. They have these, like, weird romantic codependent friendship moments yeah it makes me very uncomfortable and i really hate it yeah i have a they're trying to make it sound like they're a throuple with (laughs) with martina honestly (laughs) it's not even that they're so it's very evident that they're bonding about both being empty empty nesters because julia's kids are leaving and adriana is struggling she's truly struggling with being an empty nester and she says like her friendship with julia has been really great for her as she's been going through this like horrible transition but I feel so scared for Julia because it's very evident that it's becoming a codependent friendship and I feel like if Julia takes a step back Mm -hmm. Adriana is going to destroy her she's going to combust obviously Julia is becoming kind of like a a breakout star on this Mm -hmm. show I think people really like her and they don't like Adriana at all so I feel like as more seasons of the show are being made, I feel like Julia's in danger, girl. Like Adriana is going to drag her down if she's not given equal importance. Exactly. Alexia has a conversation with her boys and they talk about therapy. She says that conversation she had with Todd where they all got into that like heated conversation mm-hmm. about Frankie and everything made her realize that it's important for them to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And Peter is like, I don't want to go to therapy. I talked to my grandmother and she's a psychiatrist and I don't need anybody else. I feel like she's healed me. And I was like, Mm. you just got arrested for assaulting Yeah, I mean, like, let's, let's, let me show you your future, Peter. Yes. (laughs) Your future. How about your past? You dream of a homeless guy. Put it on Facebook. I know. Your future is very similar to your past, so. Yeah, yeah. And then also maybe be like, why hasn't Alexia gone to therapy? I thought she did, but I think they're so busy with like physical therapy and all of the other stuff that I don't think they have dealt done therapy as a group, maybe, or maybe with Todd. I don't know. No, she said she hasn't done therapy. She's like, I realized I need to go to therapy. Your mom is a psychiatrist. You were married to a drug dealer. Then you were Mm -hmm. your ex-husband's beard. Your son went through a traumatic incident. Your other son got arrested multiple times. And why haven't you sent that other son to therapy multiple times? Like when he punched a homeless guy, why wouldn't you send him to therapy? It's bad. Yeah. So then they have Alexia's bachelorette party at the Versace mansion. Have you seen the Versace mansion? No. 
I imagine a lot of patents and goals. So gaudy. They're like going crazy over it. And I was like, this place is fucking ugly. It's like Trump Tower on steroids, maybe? Yeah. It's like, because you know the Versace pattern. We've seen it enough, right? Yeah. It's just like a lot of that. It's just like. Rockade. Everywhere brocade. Yeah. (laughs) Gold brocade. And And they're loud too. It's like, I don't like Versace designs at all because the brocade is so loud and obnoxious. It's just like gold and gaudy and like. Black and yeah. Yeah. It's not nice. But they all stay there. Everybody's very happy. And Alexia tells the women, I'm really happy to be celebrating my bachelorette party. But we also find out that Alexia's mom has been hospitalized with COVID a week before her wedding. Oh, my God. And did she even find a uh, location for it? Yes, she has picked a location for her wedding. Everything is set. Her mom gets COVID a week before her wedding. Alexia's life gives me like stress hives. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that's happening. I hope she's microdosing. I hope so. <laughs> this is not legal much. in Florida, but she better be doing something. <laughs> they have this dinner. Everybody's toasting to Alexia. It seems like a lovely time. But of course, in order to stir the pot, <laughs> Lisa says she wants to use this time to clear the air with if there's any tension at the dinner table. And I'm like, okay, Lisa, you had a conversation with a producer who was like, this is too nicey-nicey. I'm going to need you guys to fight. Yeah. Marisol and Nicole kind of have a weird conversation where it seems like Marisol is going to call Nicole out on something. She's like, I hear you're talking about me and complaining about me to everyone. And Nicole's like, no, I'm just telling everyone I don't want to be your friend. Yeah. And Marisol's like, well, it sounds like maybe you want to be my friend if you keep talking about me. And Nicole's like, nope, they're asking me if I want to be your friend and I'm telling you that I don't want to be your friend. Every time Marisol tries to come for Nicole, Nicole shuts it down in a way where Marisol always looks stupid. Yeah, it's like Nicole is super direct about what she feels and what she means. And she's like, no, that's not what I said. Nicole does a better job of being the smart person in the room than Jackie. Yes. Julia gets up and she says she wants to clear the air with Larsa because she Mm -hmm. says she can't connect with her. And also when Larsa made the comment about child out of wedlock, That really upset Julia. And Julia is very honest and she says, maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but I feel like there's something condescending or judgmental about the way you are around. And Larsa can tell right away, this is not coming from Julia. This is coming from Adriana. Like you are now setting up Julia to fight your battles, essentially. But she says, when you were sick and dying in the Hamptons, I was there crying for you, which is a lie. And Adriana's like, no, you weren't. I was the one that was there for Julia. And then Larsa yeah. says, no, you wanted to give Julia a Xanax. And then in classic Adriana fashion, it blows up into such an insane fight. But also, Larsa, you didn't address what Julia was saying about the children and how you commented. You never addressed that. Exactly. Correct. <laughs> but Adriana immediately makes it about herself. And she starts to bring up this whole thing where she keeps saying, she repeats this like 10 times. She says... When we used to hang out in this group back in the day, you were here for a minute and then you left and you were in LA and you only came back because you don't have friends there anymore. Kept bringing up her relationship with the Kardashians. You want to be a Kardashian. You want to be famous like a Kardashian. You look down on us because you think you're a Kardashian and you're not and you're phony. Like she just kept 
repeating that over and over and over again. Yeah. And then Larsa, like she says, she's basically thinking to herself, you want to go low with me? I'm going to go to the gutter. Yeah. And Larsa unleashes an insane number of insults. She calls Adriana bipolar. She says, you're upset. Your stock dropped and mine went higher. She says, you're an alcoholic. Every time I've seen you, you're drunk. You dress like a clown. I don't know who's been dressing you. You look homeless. Larsa woke up. Larsa decided to wake up and basically say, okay, if you think that I'm being judgmental and you think Mm -hmm. that I'm looking down on you, let me look down on you. Oh, wow. This is what it sounds like when I look down on you, right? Yeah. They're calling each other all these names, right? Like, oh, you're you're dating young guys outside of your marriage Mm -hmm. and you're bipolar, you're an alcoholic, you're a phony, you want to be a card. Like, they're just slinging insults. And then Larsa calls Adriana a fat ass and they're all like... (gasps) (laughs) I am imagining Gertie and Kiki's expression because that's what I want. I want Kiki to be, Kiki is the audience member. Was Kiki there? Gertie Gertie and Kiki are both just like watching a tennis match. They're like, what is happening? (laughs) Back and forth. And then Larsa gets annoyed and she leaves the dinner. And then they do a bunch of like bachelorette party shenanigans. It's whatever. And then they have breakfast the next morning and Adriana says, Larsa is so mean spirited. Yeah. But the mom like, yeah, but Adriana, you're also mean-spirited. Like, you're you both the same person. There's no difference. They're both the same person, but I think that Larsa wins because how this fight continues. Yeah. So the next morning, they're all having a caviar breakfast. It's very mm-hmm. over the top. I love Kiki because one of the girls is like, oh, I'm so hungry. And Kiki's like, yeah, of course you're hungry. You only had two pieces of toast with caviar on it. <laughs> So Larsa comes back to the house for the breakfast and Alexia immediately is like, look, I'm a little bit uncomfortable about what what happened last night. Mm -hmm. And Larsa says, I'm uncomfortable too. Let's talk about it. And she first Mm -hmm. addresses Julia and says, listen, Julia, how can you say you don't have a connection with me if you've never reached out to me? You don't talk to me. You don't reach out to me. And immediately Adriana starts to like interject and say, Mm -hmm. I reached out to you. You never call me. I reached out. And it's like, this is where Adriana lost me in previous seasons of Miami too. Like her fights with Joanna. Yeah. Her fights with Joanna always could potentially have won, but she Mm -hmm. would always go an inch too far. Like Mm -hmm. Adriana really starts to insert herself into a conversation again between Julia and Larsa, which makes Mm -hmm. me worried for Julia because again, Adriana is using Julia to like push this fight along with Larsa. Larsa's like, I think you have a bias because all of the things that you're bringing up are things that Adriana says. So it doesn't sound like there's a real issue here, Julia. And Julia is so funny and she's so like sweet and innocent because she's saying there's all these things that you've done that I think that are condescending, but also maybe it's me. Maybe I'm overthinking. Maybe it's my problem. Like she's so sweet in that way where I'm like, you're too normal. You're too normal for this crowd. Right. You're being too kind. Yeah. Then Larsa starts to get upset and she starts to cry and she says like, look, I'm just here. I'm hustling. I'm trying to, you're raising two kids. I'm raising four kids. Like I'm just trying to like do my best here and be friends with everyone. Yeah. And as she starts to cry, Adriana steps in and she's like, you have alligator tears. You don't need to do this fake shit with us. And then Larsa's like, I feel bad for you, Adriana. I feel really bad for you. And Adriana's like, you don't have to feel bad for me. I speak four languages. I've been all over the world. I have a graduate degree and I'm going to Harvard. And I was like, what? And they immediately cut to Alexia. Her face immediately is like, 
huh? <laughs> it's like the producers and the cast immediately were like, what the fuck did she say? <laughs> and they don't even address it because it's such yeah. an insane statement. They just move on. Yeah, They're just, like, okay. It must be like one of those certificate courses that Stephanie Holman's husband took and he's like, she's going to Harvard. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Adriana's biggest beef is you think less of us. You look down on us. You used to be part of this group, aka the show. Yeah. You left the show because you thought you got bigger and better with the Kardashians. And now mm-hmm. you're back and you think that you're better than us. Yeah. So Larsa says to the other women, do I make you guys feel inferior? And everybody's yeah. like, no, not really. Yeah. And Adriana then says, you don't make us feel inferior, but you walk around with a stick up your fat ass. And again, everybody goes, <gasps> <laughs> thing you can call them you can say anything to these women but don't you dare call them fat asses okay even (laughs) though they do have fat asses (laughs) all of them they all paid a lot of money for the fat asses (laughs) it's so funny because every time they're like slinging insults 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 and it's like fat (gasps) how dare you because both time Alexia is like guys no I have to step in you guys this is too much this is too much you guys everybody needs to calm down you're being too mean it's like you call anybody fat but like the fight just keeps going on and it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't go anywhere and it's so fucking annoying and then eventually they calm down and Lars is like look I'm sorry I just I wanted to be positive here I wanted to come here and talk to Julia and say Julia like call me set up time with me we can hang out we can build a bond and Julia is very receptive and as she's talking to Julia who's like sitting on her left side Adriana's on her right and Adriana's like well you weren't very positive you came here look you ruined the breakfast look at what you did it was a perfectly good day now you've ruined it like adriana's horrible yeah and i have a feeling she's gonna ruin the reunion oh she's not a full housewife right so she's no, just she's a friend not. of it she might be brought in for one scene yeah. and then uh, yeah she shouldn't be on this show she's no ugh. so everybody's preparing for alexia and todd's wedding everything seems to be going well and then we find out that alexia's mom has been discharged on hospice care no. Then we find out the wedding is postponed. And then we find out that the mom died the day of the wedding. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Any other normal human being, this would be just too much emotional shit. But I think Alexia's ditziness is actually protecting her mental health. If that makes sense. Yes. Okay. I see what you mean. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because she drives me crazy, but this is, like, genuinely so fucking sad. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was not expecting that. Yeah, anybody else would just curl up and just give up on life. But this is, like, but Alexia, you know, will see the positive and move on because that's the kind of personality she is. So, like, the very end of this episode of the finale is... The women getting together to like pay respects to Alexia's mom, who suddenly passes away the day of her wedding. Oh my God. Nicole hosts like a little gathering at her place for all the ladies to come together for Alexia. Obviously, Alexia doesn't come and everybody wears black except for Lisa, who comes in wearing a highlighter green bodycon dress. Oh, she's another one that irritates me so much. I can't Why stand it. Why would she it. do that? I cannot stand her. But she's, she feels like an asshole immediately. She does. Yeah. The second last episode and the first half of the last episode 
are these intense fights over petty shit about press and Kim Kardashian and gasping about fat ass, right? Yeah. And then that juxtaposed to the end of the episode Ugh. where these women are coming together, they're hugging each other, Nicole and Marisol yeah. make up, Adriana and Larsa hug it out. Yeah. And they're just like being there for each other for mm-hmm. Alexia. And it gave me a feeling of sort of like Potomac. Yeah. These girls will go to the gutter with each other. Right. But if something happens, they're actually going to be there for each other. Yeah. There is a reunion that's being filmed with Andy, right? Yes. So it'll be interesting to see that. And yeah, that's at the end of it is just basically Alexia's mom's funeral. Everybody being very supportive of her. Alexia says, I know my mom died the day of my wedding because it's a sign from her. I'm going to be taking care of now that's why she decided to leave because she knew that i was gonna have todd to see that's what i mean that's how she would take it because she's a positive person so she's not me not me me. i would be like like, like, that's her sign that this wedding is not happening ever exactly exactly that's where (laughs) my mind goes yeah but then they ended up eloping in st bart's and then soon after peter is charged with battery and assault (laughs) Like, and Alexia is going to blame that on her mother dying, and that's why Peter was upset. And exactly, exactly. He was so close. He, he was so close to my so mom. Close. You know. Yeah. You know Peter. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Peter. He was yeah. so close to my mom. Exactly. That's what she's going to do. And like, this is what drives me crazy about her. Did you know that Alexia's parents were both doctors? They're what? refugees from Cuba who became doctors. Wow. And Alexia decided to settle down with a drug kingpin. Oh my god. Alexia, I think, is she's like Teresa. Yeah. If they ever have they mix up all the current housewives and have them go on a trip again. Yeah. I want Alexia and Teresa on the same trip again. We need to like arrange a housewives where it's housewives who have been married to or are related to people who have been in prison. Yes. It's like legal <laughs> troubles housewife yes. vacation. <laughs> You know, and like, Karen, 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 and Karen, because and Karen. You know. first of all, I think Karen Huger should be on every single housewives. Yeah, show. everyone. Yeah. And technically speaking, she does have some legal troubles. She yeah, did she owe had. the IRS yeah. money. Yeah. A significant amount. It's so funny that that it's such a non-legal, you know, it doesn't even amount to the legal shit that's going on right now with all the other yeah. housewives. But when it happened with Karen, it was such a big deal. It was on the news. Yes. And now... It's like, that's nothing compared to what the other people are getting. Yeah, into. now I just assume they all owe money to the yeah, IRS. Right. I'm like, all right, they probably do owe somebody something. Yeah. 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 And that's it. That's the end of the episode. But it was, I just was not expecting a funeral by the end of the show. I was expecting a wedding. Yeah, I know. What a change up. So a lot happened in these three shows. This was good. This was it feels like I walked away and then there's stuff happening. Yeah, they kept it going. They didn't say, oh, Arthi's in India. Let's just stop making I know. content. I know. I thought it would be just be like petty fights or something of that sort. Boring. Well, and you would be like, like, I don't know why, but I don't enjoy Bravo anymore because you're not here. <laughs> but... <laughs> No, but it's it's great because it's like real stuff mixed in with petty stuff, right? It's like mm-hmm. Noella is annoying and that is petty drama. Mm-hmm. Gina and versus Shannon is kind of petty drama. But also Noella's going through a pretty serious divorce and like that's really yeah. sad. Or like Jen's going through issues in her marriage and like that's really sad. 
Similarly, it's like in Jersey, you have like the petty drama of like what's going on, who's talking about who. Mm -hmm. And then you have like the real life drama of like Teresa doesn't want to be on the show anymore because she doesn't want her boyfriend's stuff put out on Mm -hmm. Front Street. I just love it. I love when it's both. That's when it makes it perfect. I'm going to now go and order a t-shirt that says I have zero estrogen. That's what I, (laughs) that's what I need now. I have zero estrogen because that's how I feel. You saw me flapping my clothes. I'm having a hot flash right now. Are your hot flashes not adjusting to the time zone? They're not. So it's oh, kind of, yeah. because I always have hot flashes in the middle when I go to bed. Yeah. And so my hot flashes haven't realized where I am. They don't have location. <laughs> they don't have location guidance. They're not saying you are in a different country. There's no service here. There's that's no not place. happening for the hot flashes. They are coming on now. It's morning here and I am sweating like a pig right now. Oh, all right. Well, we yeah. will talk to you guys on Wednesday about Salt Lake City Reunion and Summer House. There's going to be a gap coming up soon. And I yes. wonder what's coming back. I, I guess the Beverly Hills and Dubai are going to come together, right? They're yes, exactly. Together. I wonder what the gap is going to be. because It's going to be Dubai, and then they'll end with Caroline's wedding where the Beverly Hills girls come, and then they'll kick off Beverly Hills from there, I bet. Ooh, Arthi, look at you. You're an expert. Look at that transition. Amazing. I know. I should be a producer. I should work for Bravo. (laughs) Maybe then India will have Bravo. I know, right? All right, guys. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Rody. When you work in quality assurance, perfection comes easy. Tori Tuchilo. When Tori steps on the scene, you are his story. Eugene Henderson. In the game of life, I choose Jeopardy. Maria M. Where I come from, they sing God Save the Queen. The truth is, it's actually me. Becca Simon. If you can't stand the heat, come to Minnesota. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Some people call me cold, but it's not me. It's that Minnesota weather. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jet, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a model, but I'll never be your model minority. Samaj Bledson. The fun bus is here! And I'm driving on the turn Mike. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. Danny McLaughlin. First, I came out, and now I'm coming for everything. Kelly Paper. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mom means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist bumping, this mama brings the party. Jill Walsh. I made it up the hill myself and I'll kick any jack off. And finally, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is.